you know the situation is, right? You know, we've said yeah. this thing, what, like 124, no, 123 times already. Sure. We strive to do a one-hour, 90-minute oh, yeah. podcast. No, 90 we minutes, a, not even an hour. That's we, an hour and a half. We have yeah, a 90-minute podcast. That's right. We have a 90-minute podcast. Have like, we like hit an 100? Ah, yeah, the Swiss will probably argue with us on that one. They'll be like, yeah. I, the Swiss Can have you... no leg to stand on because our podcast regularly hits 90 minutes every single time. And every single time. Then we do more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome I'll to a special Wednesday yeah, yeah. episode of our crazy, cranky, old guys talking about tech podcast. Best of our week. We're going a Absolutely. little earlier this week with a surprise live stream. Uh, my buddy TK here is yet again in another hotel room on location. Mr. TK Bay. We're, we're here with you here. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I am here with you on location in uh, beautiful Paris, actually, at uh, this time. Ooh, uh, enjoying, la la. you know, the, the nice weather, uh, the beautiful hotels. Uh, but yeah, this time is really cool, you know. Uh, we're still talking with a crappy camera because TK forgot to bring it. I mean, I do have a good camera, but I didn't set it up. So yeah. it's like... Um, yeah, at the end of the day, Tika needs to do better. Uh, like, you know, you thought you no. think I would have brought a good camera with me on Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. You have made it to the live stream, and Absolutely. I feel like yeah, sometimes yeah. that's all the victory we can count on. At so. this point, yeah, I'm going to have to say that. I think that, you know, you, we have to count our blessings, man. But uh, yeah. happy late uh, 4th of July to everybody that celebrates it. Obviously, in the U.S., mm-hmm. we're like a day after our holiday. It's a nice long holiday weekend for some. Some of us may have, it's weird because it's in the middle of the week. Some of us had to work on Monday. Some of us had the Monday, Tuesday kind of thing. Um, But still nice, you know, summer, barbecue, a whole bunch of things, family time. So it's good. So if you're celebrating perfectly, uh, you know, happy 4th of July. I know I'm spending it with the family as well. And I'm sure, you know, Juan and as as always. And of course, he had the the SGDQA show a couple of days ago. But um, yeah, it's a special day. I'm here for another launch event. Um, you probably already, maybe already heard about it. There's the Honor 90 that's going to be launching in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be tomorrow, midday Europe time, which roughly will be really kind of early time in, in the U.S. But uh, by the time anytime wakes up tomorrow, uh, the, the launch end would have started and taken on. So I'm excited to see what the the um, the options are, some of the uh, some of the you know features that Honor is going to put in there. They, they've already launched an Honor 90 Lite, I think in the UK, about a month yeah. or so ago. So there's a few people who already covered that. And in China, they've launched a 90, 90 Lite, and a 90 Pro. So I'm excited so, to see what they're going to do tomorrow. Is this a, let's, a, we're going to try and keep this show, that's what our joke was at the top of this. We're going to try and keep our show a little bit more focused. Uh, this is going to be, uh, hopefully, a, a more streamlined podcast here, because we're both on wildly different time zones. Um, let's okay. let's just jump right in. I know it's the you know the middle f- option in our YouTube video title, but Honor ninety. Um, okay. The one thing I wanted to know is is are we seeing Honor playing a delayed family of products game like Xiaomi did, or do you think that this is going to end up more like Vivo, where only one option seems to go to each individual region? It's a little bit harder to tell because from what I've seen and all the information that we've seen, it, they're not referring to it as an Honor 90 series. They're all they're referring to it as an Honor 90. Yeah. The 90 Lite, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think even had a launch event. It was just released in the Europe market and we start seeing content on it. Um, and there's been a good, a good response to that. So the 90 Lite is typically their more budget-friendly device. The 90 and or the mid-range or the full number essentially is their mid-series. And then, of course, you get it. So, yeah, right there. So the Honor 90, uh, uh, this is basically tomorrow at the Pavillon, uh, 
was it? Oh, Gabriel uh, in Paris. So that's tomorrow. Wow, it's already almost July 6th. It, it's hard. You know what? Like, well, you travel so much. It's just, it's going to sound like a first world problem kind of thing. But uh, yeah, time is a very relative thing. Like I originally was, when I was talking to JC about setting up this podcast, in my mind, I thought it was, uh, you know, a different time. Yeah, you were a whole day, day ahead. So yeah, that's like, that's, I like to be straightforward, you know. So here, uh, so in general, yeah, so that's, yeah, because let's talk specifications, some of the things that we have in here. Um, this is based on, is this the UK, the European version? Or so is it I the, have uh, the UK. I'm trying to see if there's any place that's sneakily already starting to include, like, pricing. Yeah, because I know France has, France will have it, because I saw that in the in the list, and I'm pretty okay. sure the UK has it as well. Um, oh, yeah, this, but, this is uh, Germany right here. And I'm going, like, okay. nine, yeah. Um, nine, yeah. The, but I'm not finding anything where I can kind of drill down in. And then, like, their overview on the website just takes you right back to the same. Sort well, of I was going to say, uh, how much is it? Does the Chinese side show how much it is since it's technically selling in China? Oh, I haven't I haven't tried pulling it up. This is the Honor Global that kind of... What, one of the options. Individual. Yeah, let's see, in China. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Maybe that'll show it. Honor 90, 5G. Uh, ooh. Oh. That guy's sexy. <laughs> Look at that. So look at all these 5,000 milliampere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then... I think they're talking about... <laughs> that's probably a moon zoom plug <laughs> right there. probably a moon I yeah, yeah, yeah. can't read Chinese well enough to really I... get what they're doing with all of these. This is more just the design. Looks like it's going for a glossy piano black or a matte mm -hmm. finish. Or not a matte finish. Um, no. That kind of sparkly finish. Uh, yeah. Green color. But it still looks color. nice. Yeah, yeah, and I, then there's I like, this. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's like the Vivo, uh, the V27 had that kind of. I was going to say, yeah, textured, but it feels smooth, kind of. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, so the biggest thing we'll probably see here is right there. It's I, I'm assuming the thing on the right side, where it's the top right, where it says it's uh, the 200 megapixel camera. That's going to be the star mm -hmm. of the show. Um, I'm not sure what the 1200 is because that's not the battery. Um, yeah, I, I can't tell. It says a one over 1.4, but. Uh, so I think one of the sensors in there that might be an ultra wide. It has no, to be. No, yeah. the, the 1200. That's a 112 degree field of view. Uh, ah, it's like an wait. aperture of 2.5. But they don't say what that camera is down there. So that might okay. be the telephoto is a one over 1.4, or maybe it's some kind of portrait lens. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so it looks like it's a triple camera, camera lens system cool. in the back. That 200 is that main sensor at the top. And then the front-facing camera, of course, 4K. Um, what do we see in here? Da, da, da. Raw. Whatever I saw some kind camera of sensors, but but yeah, you know, I, you're, I... you're you're out there and you're trying to get kind of a sense of what what Honor's doing. I mean, we're just kind of live reacting to. Well, so what I, what I'll say is this, okay? But... So from my experience with Honor's um, smartphones, at least over the years, we've covered. Between the two of us, I think we've covered a good number of theirs. We, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, from from last year's launch of the Honor 70, because I got a chance to go over to IFA with them and we saw the launch in, in IFA. Uh, they've typically done, and yeah, so here's kind of like a good a quick recap. It, it's gonna it's gonna be basically a good mid range processing, or mid ranger of a smartphone that definitely hits above the belt. And I, what I mean by that is, it's really going for it. It's giving you all the features, but it's not going to charge you as much. The, the 1600 nit looks like it's going to be 1220 hertz, as you can imagine, 6.7 inch display. Um, and of course, 5000 milliampere battery. It, it just obviously it's going to hit all the numbers. And of course, DCRP, uh, you know, P3, uh, of course, 3800 hertz. I'm assuming that's 
that's it that's like the, the pdo dim is that the uh the dimming the dc yeah, dimming but, but don't 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 worry about what i'm trying to scan through sounds like reading all the stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing what it does so I'll, I'll say the the biggest thing i'll probably about it that i'm excited is can they get a good balanced experience in there will we get desktop mode experience in there that's also one of the things i always look forward whenever i look into these mm. um and how are they able to balance the performance to the battery life I, i'm expecting long battery life because that's what we've seen from them before yeah. I didn't get a chance to check out the. I don't know, even know if they released. Did they release an Honor 80, or did I miss that somewhere? I don't. Because I remember 70 else. last year, and then we yeah. came into the Honor. Yeah, and so beauty, natural light. That, that is, yeah, the aesthetics. Don't read the website, TK. No, no, no. I'm enjoying the, the, the pictures. Look great. I'm not even. I'm, I'm going to skip the reading. Um, the launch event is going to be an exciting <laughs> event. There's going to be, I'm sure, tons of other things. I'm hoping for some surprise content. And some surprise announcements from Honor. Uh, if they're holding a big event about this, obviously they're making a big deal about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. We should really pay attention. And um, they always surprise. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So that's one of the biggest things. So I'm happy first and foremost that they invited me uh, and I'm able to be here also. Um, actually, I do want to say thanks. thank you very much to uh, a friend of ours, uh, Nick Gray from Fandroid for helping me out on this because I'm actually technically yeah. um, also... Uh, no, that's I'm a great be, collaboration. Nick is such a good I, I will say, and you're going to be sort of uh, supporting his site so that it's kind of yeah. a win-win for the both of you. So uh, exactly. we do, uh, Ghost Starscream in our chat was like, hey, doofuses, why don't you just run it through like Google Translate or something? Because often these <laughs> websites, like when you have Chinese characters that are built into the images, it won't do anything but this is actually a lot of this is formatted so that the text is animated but it's a part of the website and so uh we're we're looking at this thing i I think this is an interesting position for honor because the Mm -hmm. honor 90 is promoting the first generation snapdragon 7 enhanced version chip and i don't know what that means but i think a lot of companies like honor included looked at what happened with phones last year on the 8 Gen 1, and in their pivot, a lot of them were saying, hey, we can can fulfill all of the same features. Crazy cameras, megapixel resolutions, and 4K videos, and super-fast, ultra-fast displays, and we can go down, save a little bit of money on manufacturing this, and go down to a 7 Series or a 700 Series SoC, and no one will notice. Like, they are so performant now... No one yeah. is going to be able to tell the difference on the core smartphone, uh, you know, content creation and gaming uh, kinds of uh, uses. And I agree. And I think that, so. The one thing I'll probably say is this: we've we've been used to seeing MediaTek make a lot of process uh, processors that are custom SoCs, and we've mm-hmm. seen them for many years, like the twenty one hundred Ultra and, and Vivo had the the edition kind of going on with them when they were doing the eleven hundred and twelve hundred series. I'm glad that Qualcomm is starting to work with companies to create these type of additions. Now, I'm not sure if this enhanced version is going to be purely for Honor, but at least we know Like earlier in the year, we heard about Samsung's collaboration with their enhanced version or their for, made for Galaxy, essentially an mm-hmm. overclocked uh, version of the HN2 uh, than the standard typical HN2 that everybody else is using. And it looks like you know they're going even back on, like you said, the older SKUs from last year which we're seeing a lot of that's that's a big hit there to tell you that you don't yeah we've hit that threshold where i feel like yeah even 2022 i would even say even 21 and some may even consider 20 even a consideration those socs are still doing i mean the 870 was surviving for so long like you know the 865 plus plus version and we saw so many companies push that device out and i think that's one of the biggest benefits there 
I, I don't even think companies have really like unseated the Snapdragon 865 and 870 today. Like, I don't yeah. think we've seen anything released, but I wouldn't be surprised if like the end of the year someone puts out like a budget student tablet with like an 870 again just because they're still kicking around end of like, 2023 that 870 right? will not die no no i it, it won't it's i think so i think it's i think it's a great because it gives you the best of best of both worlds like yes the, eight, the 865 was the last generation where the 865 plus was the last generation we had where the balance performance to power performance was not overwhelmed it wasn't skewed towards you know overheating mm-hmm. it still had a good balance you get good battery life um, it was the pre-888 and the HN1, you know, temperature issues and, and, and you know, machine fabric. Yeah, and right and all now on the website for Honor, I've got, this is kind of the same thing that Sony did, where mm-hmm. in going from the Xperia 1 Mark IV to the Xperia 1 Mark V, Honor is doing this too. It's, hey, we've completely re-engineered the inside of the phone. We've got more graph, uh, graphite. We've got more copper. We've got more thermal processing capabilities. And... We're going to an SOC that is a better performance per watt. So you end up with a double whammy of overcorrecting for how bad the 8 Gen 1 was. And I, I'm telling you, it's like night and day difference going from an Xperia 1 Mark IV to an Xperia 1 Mark V for some of those longevity tests. Like, they are completely different animals when you're using them out in the field. And again, it, it's funny seeing, because this isn't like... You know, their most expensive premium tier option, but even Honor is saying, like, hey, as we're getting into higher performance, upper mid-rangers or starter premium, because I kind of feel like the Honor 90 is right on that border, right? It's not really a mid-ranger, but it's not completely built to do battle with, like, a Galaxy S23+. plus. You know, it's, it's kind of yeah. in that gray area between the two. So it, it's kind of great because you're like, whoa, there's so much more copper and cooling hardware and and uh, heat dissipation. And like, you're also using a Snapdragon 7 series, so you shouldn't have issues with thermals using a lower-powered chip. I think that's the biggest benefit, though. You, you're trying to give that long battery life and still give that kind of experience. We know the 7 series did great especially the 765 before you even get the 7, 7 Gen series from Qualcomm. The 765 was doing amazingly great, and the 788, they, those lasted really well. Now, so, now TK, I, I need your thoughts on this. Sure, for sure, um, sure, man. What, so this is a part of their website, and I'm worried about the phrasing. Um, yeah. Because I feel like something has been lost in translation with me doing Google Translate on a Chinese website. The potential <laughs> of high-energy chips explodes. Now, is that a word you want associated with your high-energy chip? Ready, comment. Uh, I'm going to say probably not. I probably would say, you know, <laughs> I, 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 oh, my God. I mean, we haven't, I'll say this. We haven't had a, a device used. It's, I know what they mean. I think <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. There is definitely phrasing lost in translation there. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. This is why this is why we're not trying to comment. Okay, we want to be very clear. We're not commenting on the Chinese edition of the site. This is purely because <laughs> no. I think these devices were launched there, so there are more inform- inf- There's more information there's for more us information to kind of look now. at. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. The game engine, the, uh, all of the stuff that we've seen before. Now, keep in mind, obviously, international models will have Google Play services. They may also have some mm-hmm. feature differences as far as the software benefits. So it's never a one to one. The core experience translates, but then. Uh, like Magic uh, Magic OS uh, 7.1, which I think we saw earlier, 
uh, it's going to be adapted to have you know Google Play services, functional areas, nearby share, Android Auto. Uh, I'm not sure about Android Auto. That depends on the the region. But essentially, it's, it's going to be adapted to the international market. And as we saw in the earlier thing, it's going to come into the UK. It looks like it's coming to Paris as well. Um, the RPR friends from uh, from Honor has been posting pictures from that device. So I, it lo- they've, mm-hmm. they look very nice. And like I said, I'm really excited to see. It looks like it has NFC as well. I started looking at some of those images. And the 7 Series is going to be good. Uh, the temperatures and all of that, I think that'll be really nice. I think overall, what I'll say is this. I'm glad that I'm here. I'm really happy to be able to check it out tomorrow. And hopefully there'll be more conversations, um, more informed conversations very soon. I'll say that. I'm not going to say anything else. Once you more in- on with it. And uh, one of the main ways that we'll be able to hear some of those conversations and, and see what's going on is, of course, through the, uh, the targeted use of social media, which is a I'll raging try. dumpster fire right now. And, uh, not only it's, it's been kind of like, did you hear about that? Apparently, Twitter was getting, uh, you know, uh, DDoSed a couple of a few days ago or so. No, no, no. Just... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let, let's be okay. journalistically accurate here, TK. I'm sorry. I don't want to be accused yeah. of spreading misinformation. Twitter was not getting DDoSed. Twitter was DDoSing itself, which makes it even better. So as they were instituting this new walled garden the, policy the walled to garden prevent policy. scraping from outside apps... Um, there was like a circular of... loop of Twitter calling to parts of its own site that it couldn't fulfill the call and would then repeat the call to reload the information. And it there was no outside attack on Twitter. The call came from inside the house. That's even <laughs> I like that. that that's, that's, that's the way you want to have the conversation. Like, who did it? Uh, we did it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. it, it was it was an it was an interesting conversation. Like, how do you bring it up? But it's more so kind of also the the the, art, the artificial limitation that's been going on. But yes, to a certain point, social media is it, it's a weird space to be in right now because depending on where you are, you're either in a very controlled, very you know limited conversation that keeps keeps changing and. And, and, I, and I saw some of those changes they were trying to push. And the reality at the end of the day is I don't think I hit 600 re, uh, thread, you know, uh, posts that I read on a single day or 700 a day. I try not to be that much into sure. the weeds. Um, I have a few people that I follow, yourself as well, you know, as, you, as you know. And I like to stay on top of that. We've been doing really good also talking uh, on over on Mastodon. I feel like Mastodon's been doing quite well for engagement mm-hmm. and getting more conversations going on. Uh, so I feel like... You know, it, with Instagram as well, kind of trying to do this thing, and we, we want to, you know, talk, yeah. definitely we'll touch base on that. That's the really the weirdest thing. And Instagram coming into the space, I feel like is a is a weird. It's a weird like Instagram. Well, but, but because Instagram has done this before, right? I mean, come on, mm-hmm. they saw TikTok booming, and we're okay. Well, introduction of Reels. I'm like, okay, great. So now Instagram is pretty much a real site because everybody posts Reels, yeah. and, and they want to encourage that, and they did that for a while. Having them jump into the Twitter space where their bread and butter has been more media, not conversation. I don't know how that that transition kind of, I mean, I understand the benefit from a creator standpoint because you already have a user base. You're transferring your kind of existing base that transfers now from just the standard Instagram and then now becomes part of the threads or whatever. I think this is called Instagram threads, if I'm not mistaken. So most people are just calling it threads. And and I think Facebook is happy with it being oh. its own brand name because they're trying to limit the mm-hmm. Facebook 
reputation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, it's like it's not make it WhatsApp, WhatsApp by Facebook. It's just yeah. WhatsApp, and they're trying to make it sound like it's a wholly unique or a separate product. I, I think it's really funny how precious they've been with this, because the whole notion is, what if we made Instagram, but you could choose to share posts with or without photos? And you're like, yeah. that sounds like it's just Instagram. Only that you can turn the photo part off and just write the description to your photo. That doesn't sound like a new platform, or at least it shouldn't be. And yet it's like so much development has gone into making this its own platform. It kind of boggles my mind a little bit. I just want to be, I would love to be a fly on the wall during the meeting, the pitch meeting for this. Things like how how they're pitching it. Like, okay, look, how can we compete with them? How about what if we take the pictures out of the thing that we took whoa, and we bought? Whoa, shut your face. Whoa. Just what hear did me you out, just hear say? Hear me out, hear me out. Okay. I promise okay. this is going to pan out. Take the pictures out. But here's the kicker. Okay, okay. Describe everything that you would have put in that picture in words. Oh, man. People okay. can read. So, so, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to cancel all of the billions of dollars that we're spending on Metaverse. And we're going to make an option for Instagram, but with the option of being less vis- visual. And, and we're going to call it very simply. It's because it's going to be a threaded conversation. You're going to have people right. talk to each other. Right. We're right. Go with threads. You, threads. you shut your face. I know. I, I know. I didn't think it was wow. going to work at the beginning. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Oh, but man. There. I got you. I got you. I See? Can't. That, that's yeah. how easy it was. We didn't have to go that far. I mean, we, we just saved ourselves six months of meetings and meetings upon meetings. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I finally just started getting blue sky invites. I might ask like some of my friends if they want a blue sky invite. I am not, I don't have a lot of confidence in blue sky being another Jack Dorsey venture where a good chunk of my interaction is coming from bots. They've been really sketchy about their moderation. I, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that this is going to be any better than Twitter because it's Jack Dorsey. And the one promise is eventually we're going to make it a platform of platforms kind of like the federated social media, like uh, pixel fed and Mastodon. And you're like, okay, well, but Mastodon exists, so we can go and do platforms on platforms with stuff that already exists that's populated, that has users, and especially there's been a huge surge on Mastodon traffic um, over the last couple of days with Twitter completely pooping the bed. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in Blue Sky. I have even less confidence in threads i don't i don't know what your feelings are because i i feel like especially over the summer is the best place to kind of best time to kind of do a social media detox are you are you feeling any differently i mean you've been kind of poking around on a couple different platforms now too i'm starting to yeah because i the reality is at the end of the day look the the, the blue check mark is one part of what, what Twitter is, but I feel like Twitter to, to, to start with, we have a very small close knit tech friend group that we chat with. And it's literally mm-hmm. a very small group. And the, the group itself would have functioned for me the exact same way had I had, or had I paid for the blue or didn't pay for the blue. And I didn't, the, the thing for me that made me jump into that initially was to just get the edit function. And I typically don't even see yeah. myself doing it as much. I mean, it, it's not that much of a, like the conversations are pretty much, you know, who's going to respond back and talk to Mastodon yeah. for me, 
took me a few days, about a few, maybe a week or so for me to get used to the interactions there. I love the fact that at its core, the, the experience is built around conversation. It's literally built around people searching for topics that they want, and it's not bombarded by all the other, I'm going to say, the uh, entities that just typically overfill <laughs> everything else in there. Right. On Twitter right now, every time I go in, 90% of the time, which is really bugging me, I see a thread, not a thread, I see Instagram is in my mind. I see a chat, right? And I see a, a post that I want to interact with, but Instagram updates right away, shoots yep. it all the way down. It's gone. I have no idea where it is. Luckily, I remember who the person that posted, then I have to go look for their post, scroll, go all the way down to find where, but it, that, that extra interaction, it, it's very, like, it's not what it used to be. Like, you don't have a way of filtering that conversation out. Right. For me, Blue Sky feels very much like an, like a, like a Twitter. So this is where I get a little bit antsy as well. It's kind of like how you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram has been one of those companies for me that where I'll, I'll say they did copy, you know, real, uh, sorry, the, the TikToks basically to a good experience. They did make it into a good experience. I like how they have it in the, in the system. I don't like that they, for, for a certain duration now, they've pushed everything into being a, a real and they were supporting content and they were actually making funds and paying for people, for creators to do that. And I can, I'm seeing kind of like a push. People like to post pictures. People like to show threat that, uh, sorry, yeah. uh, reels. And those kind of connect to each other, pictures and picture uh, and videos. Again, a visual sort of sharing the storytelling. Yeah. But, so I don't know if they're ever going to combine them together. They may just have them as just two standard standalone for quite some time. And maybe at some point keep yeah. everything together. But if they separate them, there is a good, I think they have a good chance because of the fact that people are tapping into their existing user base. They're not having to start from scratch. And I think that's the difference between yeah. like a Mastodon well, and, 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 a, and a Blue Sky. And again, Facebook has been very upfront about their interest in federating also. Where yeah, yeah. Facebook can contribute, I'm doing big air quotes here, contribute Big to, okay. yeah, um, to the social media platforms like Mastodon and interact with them. But of course, they'll wall off their part of the garden and just soak up all of the public data on everyone else's interactions on the platform. That's the flip side. And, That's the flip side that bothers me with the type yeah. of data mining and aggregation that we're not really considering here. But yeah, well, because just very different. If you bring the Facebook algorithm to sorting content to make you miserable over to Mastodon, then you destroy Mastodon. So even if someone can interact with Mastodon posts, I believe Facebook's play with both Facebook and threads and eventually Instagram, if they ever kind of make all of these things interoperable like that, will be the same kind of feed manipulation. And every single time we've had a social media platform engage in that kind of ratcheted feed manipulation, it's immediately tanked the user experience. So Septian saying, I shouldn't talk smack about Blue Sky, but Septian, we've already established in previous conversations that you have terrible taste in social media platforms and that you completely missed the boat on Reddit where we all would have been sharing and supporting your work and your videos and stuff. And I don't know how to drag you kicking and screaming into something that would be better for you, but I don't think it's by supporting Jack Dorsey. So I'm going to keep talking smack about Blue Sky, and hopefully someday you listen to me and you get on board with sharing and supporting content creators and yourself in places that won't put an algorithmic boot on your neck. But that's just me. You do you. <laughs> I 
Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday. I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs> we also really love hearing from our viewers on this podcast. It's it's our favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I think it's it's really going to be. It, it's going to come that come down to kind of like what makes the user experience the most fluid, realistically, and what makes yeah. it well, easy for consumers to. Uh, Algorithmic social media is always easier to get into. And we see this cycle. uh, Cory uh, Cory Doctorow, um, Mm -hmm. he wrote Little Brother, but he's like a a common pundit in these kinds of conversations. And he came up with a word called the enshittification of social media or enshittification of services. And it describes this cycle that we've seen play out time and time and time and time and time and time again, where you start off with something cool and users start to sort of accrue en masse. And then you switch to advertisers and then advertisers are sort of courted en masse. And then advertisers are ratcheted to deliver all of that value back to the shareholders. And it happens every single time. And if you have a monolithic service, I don't care if it's Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg, if you have a singular service that's controlled by one entity, you can predict that cycle playing out again. So I don't care if Blue Sky starts out awesome. It needs to go through this same process, but we already have a proof of concept where people can host their own conversations and they can host their own servers and instances. If you want, you can make your own Mastodon server just for you. You can be an island of one if you want to do that and, and front your own server costs. You are perfectly capable of creating this, managing it, paying for it or subsidizing it like that is a thing you can do. You can't make your own Facebook of one person that can still talk to all of your other friends on Facebook. You you are beholden to Facebook. You are beholden to Elon Musk on Twitter. You are beholden to Jack Dorsey on Mastodon. But the thing that always starts is, hey, let's get you some new followers and let's let's fill your feed with some cool stuff. And, oh, isn't this so much fun? And it always starts out great. It always starts out great. No, but what do we know is as soon as you really start putting some some effort into it, they're going to shift and then they're going to focus on advertisers to monetize. And then you become the fuel of the machine. They're going to burn you as fuel to pay for the advertisers that are really going to profit their site or to get money from the advertisers that are really going to profit yeah. their site. Um, so I, I, I don't have any confidence in here. My experiences on Mastodon have been kind of amazing over the last week. Um, I went from 400, uh, like 420, 430 followers to 520 followers. So I'm up almost 25% since since Twitter started pooping the bed. That was a good Freudian slip right there. Uh, I think we just, this this podcast is not going to be PG this week, folks. Um, But every single thing I post on Mastodon has been getting significantly more organic engagement. So I, you know, if I post like, a link to one of my videos, it might get a share and a couple likes on Twitter. On Twitter, I have 16,000 followers. On Mastodon, I'm getting comments and questions and lots of likes and a couple more shares, and I have 500 followers. So I don't, I'm not a math genius, but that seems like far fewer followers on one platform to where I'm getting way better interactions with real human beings as opposed to just getting again algorithmically stomped on the neck by Elon Musk because I'm not paying him for That's, my posts to thing. show yeah, up more that frequently. Was the thing. Yeah, Me, the, the making the blue part of the conversation meaning that if you are paying for the service, you're getting more 
visibility, you're getting priority over others. I, and I realize, obviously, it's a paid service. It's not, I mean, they're not really, you know, it, it, but it, it's a very different, it, it's such a disadvantage to the other person. I understand that the blue check mark, maybe that makes sense. Right. Uh, the ability of being able to go in there and, you know, edit your tweet, it makes sense perfectly. Sure. It, it's a pro feature. The fact that it's free on other social services is like, wow, but okay, they're paying for it now. Um, I, I just, it, it's one of those things I just kind of typically just, I feel like I don't understand how we can repeat the cycle over and over and not realize how, where the, where the, where the cycle gets broken. The fact is now Twitter, now everywhere you go in, if you're seeing a thread, the conversation with a few people, you start actually even worse. Um, I'm getting more and more recommendations of people showing up in my feed that I don't follow. Yeah. that are in my feed, like comedy. And yes. I understand that some of them are related to the things I typically look at. Mm -hmm. But then I suddenly look at them like, I don't follow this person. Why are they showing up in my feed? And I click the three dots to see what it is. Nope, they don't follow me. I don't follow them. There's no conversation. They're not being retweeted by somebody I'm following. Yep. Those are the things I have to sit through every single day to go through to get what I want out of Twitter right now. And that's the dumpster fire that I'm, I'm really concerned with. And, you know, I, I don't feel like have it's that problem on Mastodon. Yeah, so. but it, it's the work. It's like every time I go in and by the time I get to the meat of the product that I'm trying to look at or whatever, we're seeing updates from our friends or, or, or the content that has been put out. I feel exhausted because I've gone through so much. The site gets the benefit of it. I get none of the benefit out of it because I've gone so far down. So this is where it's going to come down. Once, once threads become fully functional and people are able to get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have to see how Twitter, how Instagram responds to this to this level. They're very heavily invested into algorithmic because that's what Instagram is right now. As Instagram is absolutely the same thing. You're scrolling through, you're getting every two posts, it's an ad. It's just and, consistent. And also, like we 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 need to keep reiterating, it was Facebook's experimentation on their own users that established this cycle. That now I believe YouTube and Twitter are also taking advantage of where they know if you're angry and miserable, you will spend more time on their platform. I'm not exaggerating and I'm not like, I'm not doing this for comedic effect. Their own data scientists psychologically tinkered with their own users. And this sounds like a world war two experiment. You know, this sounds awful. Um, yeah. But they found like, Hey, if we really populate someone's feed with things that make them happy, they won't spend as much time on our site, but if we're constantly ratcheting, ratcheting up their anger, ratcheting up their fear, and then causing more divisions, like if we can get family members arguing with, the, with each other, we will keep more people on the site. And every time I go to Twitter and I'm sifting through those people that I know I'm not following, there is a ton of content on there that I find horrific and objectionable and from people and commentators that I would never have engaged with. And instead of like, oh, well, let me get past it so I can see my friend's posts, I just leave. Because I have other places I can go that don't make me feel miserable all the time. And, yeah. and like, I just found a new hashtag to follow on Mastodon. It's called Bloom Scrolling. You know, like Doom Scrolling. But instead of scrolling Doom, you're scrolling pretty flower photos. And you know what's a lot nicer to scroll in your feed? is a whole worldwide community of amateur photographers taking pretty photos of flowers. That's one of my hobbies. It makes you feel good. <laughs> you should try it sometime. I love it. Those are beautiful flowers. Okay, thank you for the recommendation, my friend. Bloom scrolling is a great tag to follow on Mastodon. I, 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 I adore 
the and again, I've been playing some of their hashtag games. Like one was uh, add robots to a classic. So I, I sort of uh, I, I found this uh, image of a Victorian dressed female looking robot, and so I wrote "Sense and Sensibility and Cyborgs." That one post of just joking around on like a, a hashtag game, like got me so many more followers. I think that's when I jumped from like two hundred followers to like three fifty. It's just like because of one interaction like that. So it, it, to me, it's like. Every time someone I see a like on one of my posts, it means nothing professionally because there is no algorithm to impress with likes. But it's actually more encouraging because there was someone out there who was just like, hey, I thought that was a cool post. And you're like, oh, that was an actual human being who does not get anything out of this interaction and I don't get anything out of the, this interaction. And they just wanted to send me a little thumbs up. So it's so refreshing in how dumb old school it is. But it's yeah. so much more human for not having a gatekeeper in between you and the person you're trying to interact with constantly stomping on your content. Instead, yeah. if, it, if, it, if it's on the right hashtag and someone finds it, it'll blow up. We have not had that real experience of going viral for a long time now where you could have just like a random video of a kid falling asleep in a high chair and like, Oh, isn't this the funnest video? And I shared it with all my coworkers and all oh, it went viral. That doesn't happen anymore because these platforms get in the way of the audience trying to see this content until there's some monetary value that they can stretch from that video. Or as I should say, it's exceedingly rare for that same shared experience where everybody saw like, no, Charlie bit my finger, you know, like, oh, have you seen this video? Oh my gosh, it's so cute. That doesn't exist anymore because of the constant churn on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube shorts and reels and all this stuff. So Mastodon replaces some of that for me. It's like I get a little taste of that back every single time I go on to, uh, I go on to Mastodon. As you and I were talking on Mastodon, I just got to one of my uh, one a buddy of mine, uh, Rockwell, just joined and, and followed me. Thank you very much for the follow, man. Appreciate it. And yeah, no, no, it, it, it's a very it, it's weird. It's like, you know, being being at the party ahead of everybody else and you're just getting a chance to play around with buddies and chit chatting and having and catching up and not having that whole entire um, I'm going to say the experience being there because it's being replicated. You're right. Right. Instagram and Twitter right now for me feel very much the same. I don't I wouldn't be surprised if they leverage the same experience in not obviously maybe not initially. They'll probably take some time to try to build up the value, like you said, to such a show yeah. advertisers that this is a viable method for them because they're not going to be able to sell the spots if they don't have data to reference it. If it's just a baby and starting. So but the the biggest thing I think for me at the end of the day is social media is supposed to be a site. And I understand the business standpoint. I'm not I'm not negating that and I'm not putting that aside, but I'm I'm focusing on it from a user standpoint. Why we engage in this conversation? Yeah. Why do we go to Twitter? It's to engage with our you know with our followers, with our fans, with our friends, it, and that's the biggest part that we're missing out on right now. And this is the weirdest, um, like it, it's really weird. And like when you when you leave the U.S. and you go to other countries, uh, especially Europe, uh, yeah. with the cookies and and the, the every single site I'm going to right now, every day I have to agree read and they have uh they're much more advanced in the the delineation of the different cookies that they install yeah. like t very different than what we get in the u.s in the u.s you typically have like maybe one or two options here hey, it's do, you, uh, do, do you want like the essential cookies and then the tracking cookies what, what do you want and, and here like... you have the option of rejecting everything 
You don't yeah. have that in the U.S. In the U.S., sure. you have to accept at least a bare minimum. Here, you could just say no to everything, which is even better. But the data aggregation, the offsite tracking that Instagram and Twitter do, that TikTok does, adding that to the conversation to another site that does massive data mining and data selling, I don't know. I, I really don't. I mean, I think the people that like to post pictures and videos are not going to be shifting over to try to post text. It doesn't make like to sell me on something saying I know, you know, yeah, know. obviously, you know, words are great. But a picture, mm -hmm. they don't say the picture is worth a thousand words for, for no reason. Because it does. <laughs> right. Right. That, yeah, that creepy it's, tunnel it's by like, itself tells me much more right. than I need it, to know. <laughs> it's not that you go to YouTube and just look at the titles of videos. You've got to look, sift through oh, that's all, all the shock-faced thumbnails of We're supposed to read? Oh, we're supposed to look at pictures there. Oh, I, I thought so, YouTube was a thumbnail. I, I, I think very quickly we're going to see sort yeah. of that homogenization of experience. People are going to basically share to Instagram, and then Facebook will be ludicrously stupid if there isn't an internal, just like there is with, from Instagram to Facebook. So oh, you post you know, on Instagram you know, and then you yeah, yeah. send it directly to Facebook and you send it directly to Threads. And, and suddenly, and suddenly Facebook now becomes a, yeah, exactly. Uh, now post for Threads, exactly. For sure. So um, I, I just want to shout out because uh, sure. it, I, I don't be dumb and invest all of your time, effort, and energy into Blue Sky or Threads. Uh, no, because then you will get rug pulled again, just like Elon Musk is rug pulling you on Twitter. It will be bad for your mental health, and it won't help you as a fan of tech content, and it won't help you out as a creator of tech content. But I would like to shout out a couple people, even here in the chat. Um, if you've got, uh, if you're on Mastodon, just drop a one in the chat, and we'll start looking around and finding people. I think I'm following everyone who is on Mastodon. And so I'm pretty sure that's like almost everybody but Septian. Uh, so again, I just want to highlight Septian, you're doing it wrong. And, you know, you could be hanging out with all the cool kids, but you're not. So we, we, we'd love to have you. Uh, but some people obviously. choose Absolutely. to make poor life decision, decisions and some people make better decisions and so uh i'm very happy to see a lot of companies are already on mastodon like oh yeah as i was, I'm, I'm in as we're in the middle of talking um and i'm trying to post the um our, our, our live stream uh because i just realized i didn't post it there i posted everywhere except for the place i really kind of wanted it to put it in there <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i'm with you um it it's a it's a very nice it's and, and the, the the big thing about the instances and the different servers and so on, you can tag people from other servers. That's the other thing. Yeah. It doesn't all have it's to like be Discord. sitting on the same server. It's not. Yeah. It, like, again, it's like Discord and Twitter had a baby. And I, I'm so tired of people acting like this stuff is so hard because mm -hmm. I have a family Discord. You know, I've got aunts and uncles and parents in there. Like, come on. Get good at this because it's really not. Oh, but it's just so techie. You've got to like like put in your email address and come up with a password then why do you even use it i don't even know it's all oh, it's mastered i can't and like come on don't do that don't be that that faux tech enthusiast no it, um, it, it is it is not that hard and and the reality is it it's like i mean it, the biggest thing I would, I would probably say about it is understanding how to find things that you like and how to follow things that you like and right. hashtag you know what works if, to the way it's if, supposed if, to be if, if folks would like some tips and tricks on that, um, hit us up on Mastodon and we'll, TK and I will talk about maybe putting together like a primer 
even if it's like a written article or if it's like a video or we could dedicate like an entire podcast to like setting up an account, finding people and topics to follow, let us know. Um, it's, uh, yeah, David Burns, it took me four hours to build my feed and I barely log in. And like, it's really not hard and, and you can use it in really creative ways too. Like I started out with Mastodon way way long ago where for a while i was just using it as a feed so i wasn't really interacting i wasn't using like twitter i was just like hey there are these bots that post stories google reader was dead i I really didn't set up another feed reader and that's kind of all mastodon was for me and now i'm like finding individuals and people and having those kinds of interactions and it's been way more uh fulfilling so uh, there's an audience for people that are hungry for content. The, each Mastodon server was reported to have been fielding thousands and thousands of new signups following Twitter's uh, issues. And uh, wherever your primary social media is, you're, you're kind of missing a huge opportunity to not have Mastodon as your fallback. Because where did people go when Twitter borked? They went to places like Blue Sky and Mastodon. Blue Sky had to shut down new user signups for most of that outage just because they couldn't handle the load. And there were Mastodon servers that that also had to stop new people from signing up, but people who were already members were posting like crazy. I was in so many conversations during the peak of that. But then there were other smaller servers where people were signing up just fine. So you, you have a much broader distributed platform of platforms where you can inter- interact and engage and you never have to feel like, oh no, my one social media network just went under. What do I do? Um, you know, building up just a little bit of that uh, sort of experience on Mastodon has proven invaluable for just uh, the kinds of relationships that I like to maintain. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing I keep forgetting to do, I, need to, I think we need to update our show notes as well to reflect our, our Mastodon access, uh, you know, connections. So, Overall, what I would probably say is it's it's not as, as complicated as, as it sounds, but the reality of the option is it's so much more natural and more organic. That's the biggest thing about it. Yeah. Yes, it's a beginning and there's a lot of different things going on, but I think the approach that we get with Mastodon that's different than some of the other options, it's the fact that it is engaging directly by itself. And as I'm talking to you again, I got somebody else just... <laughs> it's like we're talking right now and we're getting more uh, more and more friends kind of joining the conversation and helping us out. Yeah, let's do the biggest it. thing I'll probably say is join us, let us know. Um, and I'm sure maybe maybe next week and maybe next Thursday we could definitely when we're back on our normal night, um, we can have a little bit of a bit kind of walking through and setting it up. And I think overall, yeah, be, with that being said, I'll probably say at the end, at the end, kind of like summarizing this conversation, I think for me, Instagram <laughs> is is dipping their hand they're 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 pinky into this but they're lovely definitely what they're doing is essentially looking at they're trying to grasp at the weak points of what twitter is going through right now mm-hmm. but they're not bringing in a fresh idea this is where i'm concerned they're not coming in with something new they're coming in with the hey this is my version of your recipe okay mm-hmm. so this is where i'm concerned that's where my my concerns are um, I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out. I want to see how they approach it and how they do the, the leverage there. But in my opinion, a person that signed up for Twitter, for Instagram, for pictures, it makes the logical transition to video. I totally understand. You want to be able to see moving pictures if you like pictures. Sure. It makes sense. But going flip over and say, let's take the pictures out. Let's take the inst- the reels out and let's just go straight text. I don't know how you can convince that user base to say that this, if this is a value added than it is a distraction well, from what they originally wanted. 
and, and again, I think it all goes back to there's there are certain flavors of storytelling that have maintained a consistency. And yeah. uh, microblogging is one of them. And if you want to have a better microblogging experience, you would want to go someplace that isn't going to interrupt the flow of your content to your readers and isn't going to manipulate the feed of your content for when you want to stay abreast of what's going on and will give you tools um, like better accessibility options, better alt text solutions for people who are visually impaired, and the ability to edit your posts. Um, and so far, there's only one that I can think of that does all of those things really well um, and is also very resilient against uh, coordinated attacks against singular servers. So uh, I don't think it's going to be Facebook. <laughs> so uh, we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grounded tech is, is, is spot on, but again, it's like, it's getting all the momentum because like there's a traditional media right now that seems so like Twitter melted down. Mastodon fielded hundreds of thousands of new users across all of the federated landscape. And I woke up Monday morning to, well, the great Twitter migration turned out to be a bust. And you're like, how? <laughs> like, Mastodon ran the whole time. People were engaged. Every single server picked up new followers and new members. But, of course, we're all scurrying back to, like, pat Twitter on the back for eventually, you know, extinguishing its dumpster fire while it's still stinky. Anyway, uh, Grounded Tech says, Threads just seems to be a more opportunistic move rather than trying to bring a product they genuinely believe in. And I think we all have that feel. It feels very yeah. cynical that this very is the much. timing for their product. They're rushing it because they had so much time fielding the bad press of Metaverse only to have mm -hmm. Apple eat their lunch with Vision Pro and spatial computing announcements and I, if you know, like, I actually kind of, I don't, but if, if I had any empathy for Mark Zuckerberg, it would be on something like that, where he's like, we bought Oculus and we've been giving you this stuff and we've been trying to make VR cool and Apple showed you a dev kit and now you're acting like that's the future? Come on. But it's neither here nor there. Um, I, we should probably wrap this up with some uh, photography chat. And uh, well, yeah, you have yeah, also... Yeah, I saw the post that you pushed out yes. um, regarding Xiaomi and the telephoto. And I'll, I'll say this, obviously, something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I bring this with me when I travel. I have it with mm -hmm. me on this trip. Um, but the, you, the conversation was around the telephoto lens, not the primary uh, one-inch type yes. sensor, though. The IMX9, um, not the 99, A58, sorry. Yes, the, the, the complementing sensors. Um, so what is the conversation? Why, why, why did you tell title well, it as, yeah, I just want to, I just want to ask, like, have you noticed anything funky with your medium telephoto camera? So for me, I typically jump in straight into the, it's, if I want a, a shot of a, a telephoto, I typically go mm -hmm. further. I don't go medium as much. I typically right. shoot primary, primary sensor and I go into that more into the six X. So, so a little like or a, five the, to six X, like the pixel. Uh, like Pixel yeah. 7 Pro has a much bigger jump between the main sensor and the telephoto and the 12S Ultra also mm -hmm. had like a five times zoom, whatever we're saying, equivalent focal length. Okay. Equivalent focal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here's, so. here's what's tricky. And uh, I'm, I'm positioning this as like my top two favorite content creating phones of the year are the Xiaomi 13 Ultra and the Xperia 1 Mark V. I'm already pretty much done with the year, and there are some yeah. really, really, really close um, 
competitors in that space, like uh, the yeah. Vivos and the Oppos. Like, yes, they're great. They're great. But right now, I'm feeling like those two phones are at the top. So I still feel this way, but it really bothers me when a feature is advertised with numbers and then those numbers turn out to not really be true. So it bothered me when Sony came out with the Xperia Pro I really hyping up that it has a one inch type sensor in there. Yeah. Because that's true. Technically it's true. The sensor is there. The sensor is in there, but you're not really using all of, all of that sensor. And so do you off the top of your head know what the four focal lengths are on the Xiaomi 13 ultra? One, two, no, I want to say one, two, three, five. If I'm not mistaken, because I remember my Find X6 Pro goes to one, three, five. No, no, no. So, one, so, three, so, so, oh, so yeah, you're yeah, just you're, the you're one X. Yeah, 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 sorry. So, so, so uh, is, the ultra wide is a 12 millimeter shooter because that's like a point mm-hmm. six. It's not really mm-hmm. quite half the the focal length of the the main camera sensor. The main yeah. camera sensor is a 23. There is a 2x zoom, which is a crop from the main sensor. It's really good at doing that two times pixel crop. I mean, Google is the best. Xiaomi is right on their heels. Um, And then, do do you know what what the next telephoto, what the first telephoto is? From from 24, I'd probably go either like a 50 or a like a 48 to a 50 uh, mil. That that would be my next uh, my next jump in. A two times that's, zoom from a twenty four would be a forty. Oh, okay. So that's still a. Crop and then off the next one would end up being probably like what an eighty and a. Somewhere like an 80, 85? eighty five. Somewhere in eighty five. So, yeah, so that, that would be my in, next in, lens test. So. In, in Xiaomi, in Xiaomi marketing materials, they say that the thirteen ultra has a seventy five millimeter equivalent lens. So you're pretty close. Okay. That was, yeah, that was yeah, close. That, uh, well, you it would is, not win on Price Is Right. But, no. you know, you, you went over. Uh, that's the problem. I went. You got that's close, but you went over. Should have gone lower. Okay. So here's a problem. The Xiaomi 13 Ultra does not have a 75 millimeter equivalent lens on the medium telephoto. Oh, it what did they has have? a 60 millimeter equivalent lens, which is roughly a 2.6 times zoom. And when okay. you go into auto, you see those options. You see 0.6, 1, 2, 3.2 and five and when you touch on 3.2 it takes you out to a 75 millimeter equivalent view tk is going to test this live while we talk about this and juan's just going from memory here um so it's yeah one sorry one two three point two two so yeah and then five times 23 is going to get you close to a 75 millimeter equivalent view. Yeah. And, but now, okay. now here's what I want you to do. So you've got like those photos on the wall behind you, right? Absolutely. So using, are, are you far enough away that it'll focus from the 3.2? Hold on, let me turn on my, my grip. You know, it'd be nice if I took my camera. Took the off. lens cap off? <laughs> like first. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Did you turn? Uh, no, did you take off the camera cap? Yeah, no, I should be okay. able to. So, 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 so try, try not. So here's here's what's important. Try not to move. Um, go to three point two and take a photo right from there. And now go to your pro mode. Mm-hmm. 
trying not to not, trying not to move all of it. I think it's I always look at it on the other side. Well, Don't no, promos is on the other side. Sorry, yeah, here you are. And now go to your medium telephoto and take a photo from there. Okay. And now look at those two photos. Are they the same field of view? No. They are not. The pro mode is more, so the, the, the auto is, it's more punched in where the pro yeah. mode has a little bit more room this, into this it. This is yeah, my wow. Marissa Tomei moment from my cousin Vinny, where Vinny's like, so is the defense case hold water? And Marissa Tomei goes, no, mm -hmm. the defense is wrong. <laughs> so the, the, the lens is a 60 millimeter lens. And when you're in auto mode and you hit 3.2, it takes mm -hmm. you to a 75 millimeter field of view by cropping from a 60 mil to a 75. But if you are in auto mode and you smooth zoom by pinching on the screen, it switches the lens at 2.6x zoom. You cannot get to a 3x zoom from the main camera sensor. No, it actually says, yeah, so when you do the, this, the spin, well, it goes 2 to 3.2. It says 3.2 so no, no, no. so is 75, and then the 75. 5 is the 120, and the 5 is 120. But, but That's if, what you, if, you go, if you go to 2 times zoom, and you mm -hmm. smoothly pinch to, to zoom, it switches you at 2.6. You cannot go past 2.6. Yep, you see the lens changes. Yep, it uh, the the focusing and the color processing changes between the lenses, yep. and you get the little bit. So you get that shift yep. in color like right away at the two point six as so you're zooming in. All all of Xiaomi's marketing materials right say the medium telephoto is a seventy five. It is completely not a seventy five. The me medium telephoto is a sixty, which is pre cropped for you to do a 75 millimeter field of view. And it bugs this here. the P out of me that Xiaomi is, because it would be fine. It would be fine to say you've got a 23, a 60, and a 120. Like that doesn't really fundamentally change the functionality of this camera. But if you're already starting pre-cropped at 3.2, it means you have less crop in between the 3.2 and the five. So your yeah. photo degrades even faster if you try to zoom from the 3.2. And it's like, why would that happen? I don't understand why this, is, why this sensor is underperforming like this. Oh, I was already cropped at 3.2, and I'm cropping even more to get to like a 4x zoom if I want something in between the two focal lengths. So I, I, uh, this was a major part of my full Xiaomi 13 Ultra camera deep dive. That video is 58 minutes long. <laughs> was, that video kicked my butt so hard, but I cut out about a five-minute piece of it just to talk about what the real focal lengths are. It matters. It matters if you're shooting raw. The images from the pro mode look really good. Yeah. And there's yeah, nothing yeah, bad yeah. about I mean, using a Shooting JPEG and raw this, uh, in, in pro mode when you shoot in raw automatically. It's so good. But they're a little bit wider field of view than what you would get in the auto mode. And I really don't like this difference of experience based on what mode you're in. If it's medium telephoto, I think it should be the native resolution, uh, not the native resolution, the native focal length of that lens. So Xiaomi, uh, Bradley Larcher saying, Xiaomi made a big typo. 
and you're like a big typo across every single website, publication, side of the box, and the internal camera app. It was driving me nuts, app, though. When you're, when you're switching with the with the, the, the dial itself, it shows you where the different apertures mm-hmm. are and where the different lenses yeah. or equivalent, lens equivalent. And it does say the three, 3.2 is supposed to be a 70 and it does it's not it's not the same it's not a, it's not the same at it's all like a different it's a different experience but and then most people i mean i'll say that the the images both look great they i don't good. see a big yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't think i don't think it's a very different experience in but i mean obviously it's slow light it's not going to be the clearest images but like you know like some of the things i took this earlier today when i went to the we went to the louvre for earlier today with the family louvre. actually the louvre um so uh it's it's definitely a very interesting it's very nice to be able to use the telephoto in a crowded, a crowded place. I'll say that. It's always, always nice. I, I, uh, I got so many great shots, like, and especially in like sunset and uh, dusk, you know, like mm-hmm. just after the sun has kind of crested the horizon um, at that fireworks display, all these kids running around and we had all these like fun glow sticks for them to play with. And the 13 Ultra was a champ. I was doing long exposures. I was doing fireworks shots. I had a little mini tripod. I mean, like, this phone rocked my socks, but it's still, as one of my favorite photography solutions of the year, I mean, look at that. That's just flipping brilliant. And and it's, well, it's this so one, much this easier. This one I was playing with the other guy, oh, too. Oh, your Oppo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they had a super moon last couple of nights here. This is crazy. The moon yeah. was almost as big as a freaking thing. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, but the 13 Ultra does the exact same thing. It's like, you know, punching in and taking those really beautiful long shots. It's just crazy. Like, I, I can't go on here. Let me just show the. So this is the Ultra's version of it. The, I couldn't catch it with the light hitting on the side. But just jumping in with the telephoto, like using a camera that is this beautiful, mm-hmm. this sharp, at the distance that you're able to jump into, especially in low light, it's that's the benefit. I mean, that's literally one of one of the main really nice things. But it, it's, you'd have to jump into the furthest telephoto. I don't usually go too much on the medium unless I'm doing portrait. And that's typically yeah. the best performance, especially when you want to get the background to uh, go up, uh, not blow up, but like expand higher with monuments. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to get your subject really nicely framed, good lighting, and then the background just kind of ever so slightly expands, the telephoto lens always does it nicely. And I love that. That that would be what why I would use a 75 or a 60. I guess a 60 at this point uh, <laughs> for, for that for that effect. But the 120 has been doing really good. I like that. But okay, good. No, I. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, I'm assuming that one is on the Mastodon, uh, not the Mastodon, on the Patreon. Oh, I did link it on Mastodon. You can find I don't it know. on I'm, at some gadget sure. guy at techhub.social, um, but also on somegadgetguy.com and on well, the YouTubes. So. I, I meant the full featured version of. Uh, oh, the Patreon. The Patreon, side. Yeah, yeah, the the Patreon side of it. 58 minute long videos if, patreon if you're trying to get the stuff. yeah if, if you want to get that entire story kind of getting it in there but, uh, uh the deep dives there's things that oh man look at the fireworks I'll, I'll brag out just for anyone who's listening to the audio version of this right now uh i got some really fun uh uh fireworks photos and these are from the main sensor um from the xiaomi 13 ultra stopped down to f4 mm-hmm. uh four second four to six second exposures iso 50 and like when you dig in and you just see these like razor sharp like streaks of light properly exposed so we're getting like the color like the gold fringe into the blue like tips of these fireworks with like red smoke kind of floating behind um it was so easy 
to set up a phone, use the grip as a remote shutter so I wasn't shaking the camera, and then just go into town. And then the fun thing was I had a whole bunch of, like, seven-year-olds there, and we were trying to find things to entertain them with when we were getting closer to the fireworks show, but it was all past their bedtime. And so just on a whim, I was like, hey, kids, have you ever done any light painting? And they're like, what is that? So um, I started setting them up on long, long exposures to, like, scribble light with glow sticks. And uh, we spent about 30 minutes, like, for exhausted seven-year-olds to, like, be running around and, like, trying to draw shapes and throw light sticks. What happens if I, like, spin a ball? Well, let's see! <laughs> like, this is awesome! And setting up these kind of, like, five and seven seconds. You can see my daughter's glasses just from where she's, yeah, like... Yeah, around, yeah, yeah. Like, moving around and stuff. So, uh, again... Uh, Xiaomi 13 Ultra, just an absolute monster camera and presentation platform. They got really abstract with it. It was it was really exciting to watch them play with it. It so, almost looks like um, an Aurora Borealis on the on the left side, right, right there, a little bit. Of, yeah, yeah, that little bit of more of that. You know, exactly. Yeah, as it as so, for me, I love the color. Yeah. They, they started like experimenting with it. Like if if I move this really slowly, you can kind of see the glow sticks. But if I'm throwing the glow sticks, you see these little wispy, streaky things. And so there's one kid. Who's trying? You can kind of see the ball in the background. Uh, wow. She's trying to like do something static, while another kid on the left hand side of this rushed to the front of the camera and started like, like wax on, wax off with oh, a bunch of glow sticks in his fingers and stuff. And it, like it was crazy. It was crazy watching them um, completely uh, like experiment with uh, with this idea. So yeah. and, um, and you kind of get that. There's almost like a a, a person shape of a person on mm-hmm. the left side the glasses and everything i'm i'm assuming that's still lex in there on the on the left side in there but yeah yep. it, it's exciting it, it it's fun it's to really see cool them stuff. create but light painting is also one of those really nice things you could do uh, long exposures and that's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. so just turn it on set it up and have fun um and if you're really really good you can even write messages because i remember that's and, one of the big I'm, one plus things that and we I'm saw telling before. you with, with the xiaomi being able to stop down to f4 the, what like the, the streaks of light you get are so crisp compared to other wide open cameras. So I was just very disappointed to see Xiaomi play. This is the same game that I believe OnePlus got tagged with. I think it was on the OnePlus 5, where they were advertising a certain zoom on their phone. And really what it was is the lens was, I think they were advertising a two-time zoom but yeah, the lens yeah, was really yeah, yeah. 1.6, and then they would crop in software to make it two times zoom. I didn't like it then, because that misrepresents what the cameras are really capable of. And I still don't like it now, because I don't think you're really getting better photography. I don't understand why they had to make that jump the way they did. I know it's kind of like evenly spaced between two times zoom and five times zoom. But really, I would have been fine if they had had a 2.6... And you could zoom, you know, like smooth, uh, smooth zoom, uh, pinch to zoom from 2.6 to 5. I think that would have looked just fine. Um, It's it's frustrating to me. I don't like it because it makes other things on the phone look like gimmicks when they're legit. And then they lie about something dumb. (laughs) You're like, no, that doesn't take away from the rest of the camera. The rest of the camera is great. So anyway, um, it's it's hilarious. And and I wish they hadn't done it. I hope hopefully they'll be able to fix that um, in in the uh, software updates. Hopefully in the future, maybe clarify the the correct lenses uh, that that's in there and just you know 
because it's easily fixed. It, it just has to be labeled correctly. So you know exactly if you're shooting the same what? same fo focal length in both pro yeah. and raw, or not pro and raw, but like pro or auto mode, if you're going to jump But it's just two. such a weird thing to market, too. It's a 75 millimeter lens. No one cares. No, someone even I, shopping I a really like, expensive like, phone camera doesn't care that it's a 75. I, I think the, the, the biggest thing that would have maybe stood out for me, if I'd probably say it would be like a... 30 or 35, 50 and 85, and maybe a, like at the 120 makes perfect sense sure. for me. But I feel like a 50 and an 85 are the two prime lenses that you'd probably want to go for from like a kit lens step standpoint. Um, 65 or 70 are also, I mean, I'm not going to say 75 are not popular. I think I have a 75 at home. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, it's those are the focal length. That's why when you were, we were talking about before, I was like, I felt like it would be more of a 75 and 80, an 80 and 85. That would be the lens choices. Um, to that, to that factor, the, I think the Ultra and the 12S Ultra are both very good, are, are very top-notch experiences from Xiaomi when it comes to photography. What I love the most about the experience that I get with, with, uh, with Xiaomi devices nowadays, especially with the Pro, with the Ultras that we've seen this year, is that they're not afraid to put out, uh, like I've been consistently getting an update. I don't know if you got the latest update. I just got an update yesterday. Yeah. Um, as I was firing it up, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool to be able to get updates on a, on a consistent basis. <laughs> um, but it, the, the overall experience in, in it with the grip and the, the functional options, like, I haven't thought about it in that sense. You're right. Setting up the phone on a tripod and then using the grip as a shutter is absolutely fantastic. You're right, because it's Bluetooth so connected. Good. Like, there's no yeah. reason. I did that on <laughs> the... The Sony, the the grip mount that they yeah. uh, they have for for their ZV cameras, it's perfect. And I, I mounted it and I just so take great. the grip with me from like yeah, yeah like ten twenty feet away and I just set it up. It's so a good it's night, a good solo we, creator kind we, of thing. We we finally got to the fireworks show and it's like an hour past Lex's bedtime. She's like vibrating at a frequency we've never seen her before, and uh, Marie was sort of snuggled up into me. I was sitting on this little ground folding chair and she was kind of snuggled into me and Lex was snuggled into her. And I had the tripod just kind of like off about, I don't know, like two feet to the side. And I just kind of had it up. And I could, I could kind of lean over and fiddle with a few of the settings. But once I had that locked in saying like, it's roughly about a four second exposure and I'm getting kind of the detail that I want out of these, I didn't have to mess with the camera. I just kind of kept like, every time you'd see one or two of those little streaks start going up to the sky, you'd hit the shutter and it would take a long exposure, and then you'd wait for another one to kind of come in. I didn't have to sit there and babysit it. It wasn't like I was watching this fireworks show through my camera viewfinder. I was watching this camera show, people. this yeah, fireworks exactly. show, snuggled up with my wife and daughter with one hand just hitting a button whenever I needed, whenever I would see the timing kind of going up on a new firework uh, launching up. Um, it was a really nice way to, to kind of double dip because it was so little attention. I wasn't futzing with it the whole time but i was a part of the activity um it, it was pretty cool oh yeah no no it's good i mean i, I mean obviously that's one of the biggest attractions of the fourth of july is you know taking some of those images and typically most of it have very blurry very smoky or over or underexposed like you end up trying to compensate mm -hmm. to try to reduce the brightness but you know it's about family time it's about spending time and, and this is a great way to leverage tech so that you don't end up having to do this arbitrary you see the show through this like your experiences here right. like right and that's typically what we most most of us will do but i know I, I i like it i appreciate that um i think overall what's going to happen for us in the next couple of days or so the experience not couple of days like in the, in the next couple of few months coming up right now is we already have seen those features we've already seen these cameras we've seen these experiences that you know, we've been able to play with 
you know, from Vivo, from Xiaomi, from Oppo. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Xiaomi and, and Vivo are obviously bringing this internationally. Oppo still doesn't want to, not to say it doesn't want it, but essentially wants to keep that experience, the Find X Pro, at least China only at this point. Um, I'm a little bit tempted, and I don't know if you want to do it as well, to try to convert our devices to international models. But I, and I say mostly a little bit tempted is because of some of those features that we don't have. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like I'm worried that we may miss out on the features when it comes down to updates and, and, and yeah. updates and, and, and especially with the grip, the grip that we have is the Chinese edition grip. And I just yeah. saw that the international model grip is a white colored grip, which I'm not sure if it's a copacetic. I'm hoping it does. I, I'm obviously. probably going to leave mine just because I never really had any intention of trying to review the Xiaomi 13 Ultra as a full phone. Yeah. Um, I kind of knew getting it early and getting it from China, the majority of what I would be focusing on, and specifically what I would be using it for, would be to use it as a camera. Um, so I'm, I'm probably not going to jump on the international ROM for the 13 Ultra. It's just, unfortunately, I think that's kind of the game that we're going to play. I have a Xiaomi 13 that I need to revisit. And that oh, yeah, is an yeah, international right, yeah. ROM phone. And we can talk about what Xiaomi can do for a full-fledged, packaged communication and entertainment platform. And I am really uh, kind of interested in revisiting that conversation, too. But we'll see, no, see. It, it's, also, it, it's also just like for everything that's sort of feeling limited in the North American market right now, I'm showing my daughter's friend's parents these photos like we went down to the beach and I, got, I, I shared this one on social media because you can't see any of the kids' faces, but it's these two girls like almost hand in hand jumping into the ocean, right? And I'm freezing them midair with these little like delicate sprays and uh, like drips and uh, drops flying from kicking into the spray. And you're like, that was the super telephoto on the Xiaomi 13 Ultra. There was no iPhone that could have shot that. There was no Samsung that could have shot that. We are consumers don't know that they're two years behind right now on cameras compared to phones from the rest of the world. And uh, I think that's the thing that just kind of kills me is it kind of doesn't matter how much you and I keep beating this drum. It's a few of our techies and enthusiasts and our pals, they know this stuff, but like just getting the message out there to the, yeah. you know, the mountain of advertising that people are consuming right now about how their galaxies and their iPhones are always the bestest is like, it, you don't you don't know what you're missing. You really just don't know what you don't have. So why it's, you know, it's true. Until you try it, it's it's a tough conversation because you can only hear other people's perspectives for uh, you know talking about conversations like that. And you need to be able to share the content and show why these devices are actually so special. And I feel like that's the weirdest. Like um, last year when you had the 12s, now you had with when when the, when you got your 12s Ultra. I think I was working on the OnePlus 10T. I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a time, we went there, we spent some time at the, at the Peterson Museum, but I never got a chance to spend yeah. time with it. But I also feel like even if I had had like five, 10 minutes on it, I don't think I would have truly appreciated it for what it really is capable of doing based on the, not to say limited, but like the, the short amount of time, but also the, the content that we were be, we'd be able to take pictures of. I mean, it's a very, very well-controlled, light-lit experience, um, yeah. typically much more color saturated experience because i felt like all the cars were definitely had a lot of popping uh, color popping experience um mm -hmm. and, and I, so this is the biggest thing for me it, it's you know these are devices that you need to live with for for some time you yeah. um i don't know how to explain it. it's like you need to get to the point where this device becomes 
a tool. Second nature. Like when you're, yeah. yeah, absolutely. You're not like when you're about shooting, using it, you're just shooting with it. You're shooting with it exactly, and I think that's the beauty of it. When you start knowing what tool to grab when you need to take that shot, when you need to do that video, mm -hmm. you want to be able. To, those are the, those are the things, the benefits that I think take time with us, and it's hard to kind of translate that. But when we champion a content creation tool, especially like Juan says, I'm I'm trying to treat it like a camera, because at the end of the day, it is truly for me. I feel like the Xiaomi 13 Ultra is a camera that happens to have a phone connected to it. The Find X6 Pro yeah. is more well-rounded as a smartphone with a really good camera sensor stack. Sure. Um, I feel like the, it, but it, it, it still kind of gets that, like if you want to really get the professional level, you still want to jump into that. And I feel like we're Oppo and OnePlus um, are, well, Oppo at least at this point, because OnePlus doesn't have that, um, is really more trying to become very well-rounded, perf great performer in different experience and hits the level of the right um like for, for telephoto, for, for, for portrait imagery, again, the 3.6, I think, and, and the 3.0 on both those devices are going to give you stellar images, great mm -hmm. depth of field. The yeah, main sensor, you can also do some really good work with. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is um, <laughs> whatever device you pick, figure out a way to make it to be, as, as Juan said, not about the tech, but about the shot. Once you get to that level, you'll get to enjoy the content that you get out of it more. And you'll be able to hopefully step up the experience if you want to be able to get better, more uh, different experiences at a higher level of clarity and flexibility with the lens stack, especially with higher performance uh, camera stack that well, we have. But then also, I think there's a difference here that I don't know that a lot of tech channels are really rising to the occasion on is mm -hmm. there is a fundamental and psychological difference between the phones that are just trying to be good point and shoot all rounder communicator entertainment devices and the phones yeah. that are genuinely trying to do something a little bit more aggressive for content creation. And uh, again, the nuance of that conversation is something we don't have time for here to fully convey in our podcast. Um, I, I, I do kind of want to um, start wrapping this up here. Just take a couple minutes. Yeah. I know you're traveling. You're on the road again. It feels so great it's to be almost, on the road again. What's going to be coming to the channel? kind of coverage what do we think I, I i will say keep an eye out for the next couple of days there's a couple of good, a couple of good pieces coming up um something that i um been very excited to be able to check out because we've been having some conversations on the channel with some content um i am working on a robo and color review so i'm hopefully nice. getting some some edits coming up so hopefully that one will come out in, in the near maybe end tablet. of this week it is. Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then, from from a flexibility of getting Windows 11, getting there, and then don't blow your getting, video. You're already yeah, explaining yeah. your Robo and Kala video. We just know it's going to be coming. We're excited to watch it. Always, <laughs> always. <laughs> um, and then, and then a couple of surprises. So for this week, it'll be a couple. There should be a couple of videos coming up. I think one of them is going to be maybe a short and real, and a good review coming up that I can't talk about nice. right now. But you will be. I hope you guys will be enjoying it very, very soon. Same. It's I've tough. Got a it's video. tough working things like that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a video under embargo too. But then also, I think later this week, I might try and do that breakdown. We talked about this a while ago, but where okay. I get really pissy about people who throw around terms like, oh, you want to shoot really cinematic content. And it's basically just a shorthand or a lazy, unqualified descriptor for like frame rate or depth of field. And so now having played with the Xiaomi for a bit, um, if you think 24 frames per second on your phone looks cinematic, you're probably wrong unless you're adding a lot of equipment to your phone to make 24 frames per second look better. 
I think I'm finally at a place where I can I can show that with some good clips so that people might understand like it's not okay. the frame rate, it's the control over the shot that you're trying to produce. That's what makes it, it cinematic to me doesn't mean anything except there was an artistic vision behind why we captured the footage the way we did. And yeah. so cinematic could be 48 frames per second, it could be 60 frames per second, it could be 30 frames per second. I I I degaff right there. But it's a uh, it, it, it's a lazy YouTuber who says, "Oh, it's 24 frames per second is how cinemas used to shoot on the films." So that anyone who's giving that kind of advice is bad at what they do. And and I'd like to put that into a video. If someone is wrong on the internet, I'm going to make a video about it. So that might be out this Friday. Good, good, good. Looking forward to that one as well. Um, I think the overall experience, I think we'll have to see how things kind of shape up in the next couple of weeks. But July for me is a solidly busy, crazy busy month for me. Yep. And Same. it doesn't look like it's letting up uh, at the beginning nope. of August. I have a... I have a, a couple of scooter, like, I mean, I'm out of town, but I have a video on a scooter video that I need to do as well. That's going to be coming up in the next week or so. Um, this one, they legit sent me a helmet, a motorcycle jacket and gloves. Ah, it's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> I hope I never have to test those, but you're definitely going to see a different side of TK, you know, that's the racing great. side, you know, all I the good it. stuff. But, um, with that being said, yes, we stuck it. We stuck it. We almost did the 90 minutes. We're almost there at that at that level. This is a miracle. Uh, I do want to say hey to, hey to Jermaine, hey to Michael Peppertech, Barry Johnson, everybody hanging out with us as, uh, on the chat. Thank you very much for kicking in with us on this beautiful Wednesday. Yeah, yes, it's in the middle drink. of the week, post-holiday, right there, getting all the holiday vibes and you know all the jitters from all the barbecue and all that good stuff. Um, we'll be back hopefully next week for the show, obviously in a normal time. Uh, Audio podcast will come up hopefully in the next day or so. And of course, make sure to check out the show notes for all the information to be able to hit us up and let us know what you guys think about Mastodon. If you haven't checked it out, I'll definitely uh, you know put that in the show notes from now on to be there. Uh, but thank you very much. Be safe. Stay safe. Get some sleep because I'm... Go crash, <laughs> I need buddy. to get some sleep. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Uh, bam.